to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we're unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Trisha Ryan, and together with Crystal Roberts, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we are exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hi, Trisha. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Crystal. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm still very inspired by our listening to our last two episodes with Judy Oyedeli and Sasha Farley. Yeah, I was so inspired by all that they shared with us around human flourishing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, and we'll talk about our takeaways, but one of the things that really stood out to me was that this is a new field and it's an emerging field yes and of study and so this is just the beginning and it seems like such a critically important field especially where we are right now in the world i think you know people are at a point where they want they want something different right yes. and this is this isn't just the next nice to have, you know, this is actually something with some science behind it. And I think it's really important. I loved the two sessions that we had with these ladies. The first one I thought was totally insightful. And I thought, wow, how could you get even more information than that? And then we got to dig a little deeper during this last episode. And oh, my word, I'm going to have to listen to it again, because I gleaned a a ton. And I was one of the interviewers. But you know, it's like, (laughs) we do sometimes, honestly, you know, we do interview a lot of people. And I always get more sometimes from the recording afterwards, because I've had time to sit back and relax and just drink in what I'm what I'm hearing. Yeah. And I, I hope our listeners are doing that, too. But yeah, this this last episode was a real deep dive for me. It was like, wow, you know, it, a lot of insightful things that that I definitely am going to spend some time unpacking. Yeah. I'm excited to spend some time on the podcast here doing that. Yes. I'm so glad that we're taking the time to do a gems episode. Mm-hmm. And so if people haven't actually listened to our last two episodes, we'd encourage them to go back and yes. listen to those and then um, come back to this one. You can listen to this one. And maybe it'll inspire you to go back and listen mm-hmm. to the other episodes. Because for me, it was really hard to think about what were my top three takeaways from this. Because there was so much richness. Yes, I know that by narrowing it down to just three things, I'm missing a lot. Mm-hmm. But I thought we, we'd give it a shot anyway. And then know that there's a lot lot more depth there. Well, for me, it's like going to a restaurant where they have a really large menu. Yeah. <laughs> I have a really hard time making decisions when there are a lot of options. And mm-hmm. and that was sort of where we were with this because there were so many things that were absolutely important and um, and insightful and and inspiring. Yeah. That um it's kind of hard to pick. So we'll just have to try. That's right. Okay. <laughs> we'll do our best. So if Sasha and Judy are, are listening, I hope they'll give us some grace here to know that <laughs> we really got a lot out of those two episodes and we know our listeners did we as really well. Did. But here's here's one of my top takeaways is that human flourishing is a daily practice and it's a lifelong journey. So it's one of these things 
that you can't actually say, I have accomplished it. We're always learning and growing and getting better. There's no sort of end point. Even though we know that we can measure it, we're never going to always be, we're never going to actually reach that end. We'll need to practice every day. And part of that is because all of the different pieces are interconnected. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just say, I'm going to take one thing and work on that until I get it. And then I'm going to take the next thing and work on that until I get it. It's like all of these things, you have to work on them together. They're interconnected. One of the things that I, when you say that, I also thought about something they said about how you know, where you start and when you start, we all start from a different point of view or from a different perspective. So someone who, let's say, you know, if I'm going to use the example, someone who comes with privilege or someone who has had advantages in life may have a completely different perspective or a starting point for this PERMA model for the different steps in it than um, someone who has not had that and or someone who has struggled or whatever we all come to the table with something a little different and how we get to a a middle is that's the journey it's like how do we how do we respect where other people are starting if we have an intention of doing this collectively because it is about hopefully the goal is to do this collectively, right? right? right. So I thought that was just fascinating. Um, I didn't, I don't think I'd ever thought about where we start in that, Mm -hmm. you know, where, from what point? Yeah. Actually, that was one of my takeaways too, very similar to that, had to do with who's responsible Mm -hmm. for human flourishing and that we are all responsible for our own human flourishing. But as we look at our community, we also have a responsibility to show up in our community and to support, uh, but not fix other other people's situations. And I thought that was really interesting. And like you were saying, it's everybody's at a different point. And it's also part of this is the fact that it's a it's an evolving area of research. Mm-hmm. But how I flourish is going to be different than how somebody else flourishes. Yes. Even though we've got these categories and we're going to talk a little bit about what each of those categories are in a minute, but that it is so personal. And so that's the challenge when we actually look at it from a community perspective is what makes me flourish is going to be different than what makes you flourish. It's true. And, and it doesn't mean that, that they're going to be necessarily seen as different either. I mean, if you're flourishing at your space and I'm flourishing at mine, we both may have the exact same emotion or something similar um, because where I am, this is what I wanted to see. This yeah. is where I've reached. I've reached this point and I'm happy or I'm not happy, but I'm I'm engaged and I'm, I'm doing all these things that make me feel like I've added value and that I'm here for a purpose, right? But you may be feeling the exact same thing from the point you started. That to me is, that's the part that is so interesting. And it's also something that's so much um, work of coaches in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about how, you know, coaches meet we meet people where they are. Yeah. And our our point is not to change them. Our yeah. point is not to make, you know, to influence them to a point where they they learn something that we want them to learn. It's not our agenda that matters, it's theirs, right? Right. And so I love the I love being a coach for that reason. Mm-hmm. But this takes me to, you know, thinking about as a coach 
where does this fit into my practice? Yeah. It's very important. Yeah, yeah. I, one of the things that I thought about, and, and it was uh, something that we asked them, you know, what are some, what are a few things that uh, you want people to walk away with, right? Or you, that you want leaders and everybody to mm-hmm. um, leave with. And one of the, the things that, I think it was Judy that said, you have to be it while you build it, mm, you know, yeah. that you have to set an example that this is not an easy process and that that journey is a journey where you need to face the hard truths. But if you want to see it in others, or if you have any hope of seeing it in others, you have to actually be the example. You have to, you have to be it, right? And I thought that was really interesting. And it's something that we've talked to about leaders doing for many, many, many years, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like set the example, be the, you know, be the point of reference. You are the the leader, so you want to cast a shadow that you want people to emulate, or yeah. you want to see in your in your folks. So, to me, that was not a new concept, but I like the way they they fit it into this yeah. model. Yeah, so important. Mm-hmm. I was just working this week with a group of leaders in an organization, and we were talking about change and transition and how to do mm-hmm. that effectively. And they are going through a tremendous amount of change. And when we came to that point, <laughs> which was that you have to go first, that yes. you have to be the first to, when you're asking people to make change, you've got to do that yourself first. And when we were talking about things like human flourishing, that was hard. I mean, I got a lot of kind of disgruntled looks mm-hmm. when I when I brought that forward because it is so hard and it's like well we want our people to do this and isn't that all we're responsible for to to tell them you need to do it yes and what actually we know right what's more important is what you do mm-hmm. than what you say yes and and that can be tough you know I love that you say that because you know you and I both are kind of you know, complete followers of change and transition. We talk yeah. about it. We we podcast about it. We write about yeah. it. Whatever, and and it's important. I mean, and this is one of the to me one of the most foundational and foundationally important, if you can call it that, yeah. um, concepts that leaders need to get a hold of. And and the fact that they have to go first to me is it's a real test. It's, it's also something that really tells you whether they're ready for change in an yeah. organization, because if the leaders are pushing back, change is not easy. Yeah. Change is hard. And people do not embrace change in the beginning. But what they forget is that change happens to them 24-7, 365, right? Yeah. We are touching change every moment of our day. And it may be a different, we may embrace it differently, yeah. depending on how hard it is, right? That's part of being a leader sometimes is doing those tough things. And once you've done it, it gets easier and easier and easier. Yeah. Right. I think the biggest thing that they were struggling with was not sort of maybe what we would say is change. You know, the difference between change transition. and transition was more of this human flourishing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was that we have to take care of ourselves and we can't be doing the things that contribute to burnout. And it's like, wow, well, we yes. don't want our people to feel that way, but we've got to be, um, you know, performing in ways that they feel like they have to mm-hmm. in order to meet the goals and 
expectations of the organization. And that was really hard. But it was kind of cool because it was a mind shift Mm -hmm. um, around, oh, so if I – what I'm doing is more important than what I'm saying and I have to go first, then that kind of gives me an excuse to actually take care of myself because I know that if I do it, then they can do it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right because – yeah, that maybe that's the pressure that you need to actually take care of yourself. Yeah, if we can go down that road for just a second. Yeah. Um, I always have found it fascinating, and I did it myself when I first got my first management job years and years and years ago, yeah. um, was that I felt like I needed to act differently when I became a leader, Yeah. and I didn't. And I found out right away what happens when you do that. You know, they hired me or they they promoted me into the job because of the qualities I brought to it. And I had already had those qualities. I already I was already demonstrating it. But once I got into that job and it was an official title and I was sitting in the bigger chair, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden it was like I need to speak to people differently. I need to conduct myself differently. I need to work you know, 12 hour days and all those things that they were unrealistic expectations that I put on myself. Right. right. And the problem was that, that the people who actually suffer for it, I, I suffered a bit too, but, and ultimately I suffered a lot because I lost some trust in the process and mm-hmm. I had to gain it back. But the people that reported to me, you know, initially it was horrible for them. They wanted me to be successful and it was very hard when I was doing everything the opposite of what I really should have been doing. So sometimes that change thing, it seems like I can't change. You know, I have to, I can't do that. Yeah. But they have to. They have to, they have to be able to just be themselves and, you know, and go through the process and be uncomfortable like everybody else is. Yeah. And you, if you don't melt or internally combust, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. Right? (laughs) That's right. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we've actually hit on my top three through this conversation. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. So when we think of the PERMA model, I Mm -hmm. thought it might make sense for us to go back. Even though Judy and Sasha pulled apart each one of these, I thought we might just do a little reminder of what those pieces are. And then a couple of things that we can actually do. And this comes from an article that we have linked and we will link again on our website in the show notes. And it's the article's called The PERMA Model, Your Scientific Theory of Happiness. Also, the model comes from Marty Seligman. This this is one of the models. There are, as Judy and Sasha had said, there's many different sort of iterations of this. And I thought that was interesting, you know, too, as one of my, my takeaways was that right now there's a lot of there's a lot of alignment, and then there's a lot of nuanced differences. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting you did mention Seligman. That was a 2012 paper, but it was research done at that yeah. time. So that's like, you know, 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not new. I yeah. mean, this is something that's been under a magnifying glass for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about, so each one of these, uh, so P is positive emotion, and positive emotion includes not just like happiness, which I think is a good distinction. It includes emotions such as hope, interest, joy, love, compassion, Mm -hmm. pride, amusement, and gratitude. Yes. Yeah. I thought was interesting, they also included savoring when you look at 
Well, what are ways that we can actually increase our positive emotions? And savoring is one of my favorite, favorite things. And savoring is really about thinking about what's coming. So even though I'm a big proponent of being present in in the moment, mm-hmm. savoring can actually help increase your positive emotion. Because if you know you have something that's coming up, you can, you know, all of these things be really present for like, oh, I'm, I'm going, we're going actually to the ballet um, in a couple of weeks. I'm taking my mom and the mm-hmm. girls to mm-hmm. Swan Lake. And so we're going to be thinking about, oh, what are we going to wear? And you know, just some things about getting ready and excited about what that time will be. Yeah. Enjoy the moment, of course. And then afterward, being able to think back and be really intentional about thinking back, oh, what a wonderful time that was. I'm reliving that. So you can take all those positive emotions from that one event and kind of spread it out. So that's savoring. I love savoring. And I, you know, I, I see savoring. I understand what you're talking about and how you how you define it. I also mm-hmm. think of savoring as a deeper level of appreciation for what for something you've experienced or something that that you um, you see or you feel or or you know touch or hear or whatever that something that yeah. you have it's something that you know is is has a deeper meaning for you somehow and those are things that usually when you when you recall them in the future, they're the ones that, you know, stick with you. They become memories sometimes, you know. Yeah. So one of the other things that, that they talk about when you're talking about positive emotion is also to have a gratitude practice. Mm. That will also help with those positive emotions. So really thinking about what are three things every day that are positive things that happened and even maybe diving a little bit into the why. Why did they happen? And that helps spend a little more time and generate more positive feeling. The E in the PERMA model is for engagement. And in that, Seligman said that engagement is being one with the music. And I know it's sort of being in flow, um, which is a concept of engagement, which is when the perfect combination of a challenge and skill or a challenge and strength where they are both found. So, you know, how, how they, to me, how they dance, right? That's yeah. the, mu- the music. Yeah. Um, it's when it, you, yeah, get lost. Yes. They get lost in whatever you're doing and time sort of stands still. Yeah. Seligman said that um, people are more likely to experience flow when they use their top character skills. And so to me, that's, that's when you're, happiest too or at least that's when I'm my happiest you know I love I really really love connecting with people and I love that interaction and talking and finding out what they're about and you know to me that curiosity in that moment um I'm better I'm more engaged in that kind of a setting than I am if someone's just going to talk to me about you know a widget (laughs) although if I want to know about that widget right but um it says in the article that research on engagement has found that individuals who try to use their strengths in new ways each day for a week were happier and less depressed after six months. And to me, that's really, that's significant, you know, and I know a lot of people would not want to have to track that for six months, but if you do it for a week and, you, and you're feeling better yeah. and you try it for another week, 
Six yeah. months doesn't take forever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It becomes a habit if you do it more often. And mm-hmm. if you're very conscious of it on the front end, but you start enjoying the the ride yeah. or the music, yeah. then it does become a habit. And you'll notice at six months that it really is. Yeah. Right? Um, he talks about, or they talk about ways in which you could increase your engagement. And this one to me is sort of a, in a way, a no-brainer. And that's like engaging in activities that you really love. Yes, that's mm. engaging, right? Right, yeah. If I'm not going to be engaging in things I don't, right? Yeah. If I do, I'm certainly not going to be that engaged. Yeah. Practice living in the moment, living in the present. Yeah. Right? That's one of the things that I'm, that I'm working on this year. That's my, my intentional area, right? Yeah. Being present. Yeah. Um, mm. Spend time in nature, why? Watching, listening, observing things that are happening around you, whether it's whether it's animals, whether it's just who knows, trees blossom or blooming, blossoming, yeah. you know, leaves falling on the ground, uh, everything. Walking a trail and seeing all sorts of new things, just watching the sunrise. Yeah, right? beautiful. Yeah, and then um, learn about your character strengths. Do things that you excel at. And that, to me, also goes right back to Marcus Buckingham. Yeah. You know, these things all are interconnected, folks. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. It was interesting. I was watching a YouTube video around this, and they were talking about how that it's not about changing your job, but it t- talks about how when you figure out what your strengths are, mm-hmm. bringing that to the job you already have yes. and seeing it in a different way. And they gave the example around somebody, um, it was a grocery bag packer, you know, the person who oh, packs your groceries yes. and how the person really couldn't, didn't like their job. And then they found out what their strengths were. And one of them was connection. Mm-hmm. And so they completely shifted their mindset about their job from packing groceries to connecting and making everybody's day better mm-hmm. and i thought of you of course because <laughs> oh, that's your superpower and i thought oh gosh that's that was a really good nuance i think is because i think a lot of times we think oh we have to f- change our job mm-hmm. but it isn't it's our mindset and that's how right. do we bring our strength to what we're currently doing and you know i know that story and i actually used that story in training a long time ago it's it's um it's not a long long time ago but um right before i came to my current job and it is it's a great story and it's a good it's a great example mm-hmm. of how um something simple like that and it is simple because yeah. once you identify what you love doing and you're able to incorporate it. And that does go back to the Marcus Buckingham model, too. Yeah. When he talks about, you know, your red threads, it's not that you have to go into a new job. Just yeah. find the things you really love and then try to capitalize on that. Use those as, if you, the more you can use those, the happier you're going to be in your job, yeah. right? Yeah. And the same thing goes for the promo model. You're going to be more um, engaged yeah. the more you utilize the things that make your heart happy. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, all really good stuff. So, um, positive relationships, and that's the R, positive relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, relationships encompass all the various interactions we have with 
partners, friends, family members, colleagues, bosses, mentors. So it's anyone in our life. And the model refers to feeling supported Mm. and loved and valued by others. It's this sense of belonging. And it can, you know, it's amazing how I think sometimes we might think, oh, that's just fluff. But the Mm. research shows that even in situations of as we age, that having good positive relationships actually prevent cognitive decline. Yes. So these things, this is real stuff. This is really, really important. So how do we build relationships? Um, I think a lot of us probably know some of this already, but it's just important to be intentional, I think, about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe joining a class or a group that interests you, something that you're interested in, and start a conversation with somebody next to you and maybe ask them to coffee. So you can start a real friendship starting there, having some kind of common interest. Get in touch with people that you've not spoken to or connected with in a while. And of course, a lot of us are on social media Mm -hmm. and we think, oh, we've got a relationship there. Well, maybe we want to actually deepen that relationship or actually reach out and connect maybe that person we haven't talked to in a couple of years. I will say that um, today I got an email from someone I have not talked to in three years, but someone who has been a huge part of my life for most of my life. It just made me feel so good. And now I'm going to like reconnect with him because it's been that long and we need to yeah. catch up. But that that's exactly the point. And I'm sure that's why he's reaching out because, you know, it's important for us to do that. Yeah. Don't, you know, I don't want to let um, those cherished friendships and relationships that I've had over the years that I've left to be gone forever. You know, I may have been raised that way where, you know, you, you go someplace for a year, you make a really good friend, then you leave and they're gone, you know, and you go to the next place and you do that all over again. But as adults, we, we do have to have those moments. These are people that we share highs and lows and a lot of the lows sometimes with our life. And so when we trust that much, why would we want to let that go? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Another one of the steps in the PERMA model, it's not a step, but another element of the PERMA model is meaning. The M is meaning. It's another intrinsic human quality, um, and it is the search for meaning and the need to have sense, a sense of value and worth. And that's, that is so important. And I think a lot of us don't really... We don't really pay attention to that or we're so busy serving others, sometimes we forget about our own needs. Mm -hmm. And that's important. I need to know that I'm adding value because if I'm not adding value, why am I doing something, right? Yeah. And so this really touches on that. Um, uh, Seligman discussed meaning as belonging and or serving something greater than ourselves. I resonated with that because I've been following some people lately who are doing that. And it's a great example of... um, you know, when, when someone takes a stand on something and they go out and promote it because it serves a, a greater good or yeah. it serves a bigger population, that's exactly what we're talking about here. That sense of meaning is really all about our values yeah. and where we're coming from. So if I value that, if I value something, if I value serving others, then that's where I get my meaning. Yeah. You know, if yeah. I value music, 
then if I'm doing music, if I'm if I'm playing music, making music, whatever, then I'm living my meaning. I'm I I have meaning in my life. We talked about ways that you could build meaning and Part of that is what I just talked about, which is getting involved in a cause or something that's greater than yourself, right, that you feel matters. Yeah. And try something new and creative activities that that you can find that give you a connection to something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think of uh, my dad when I read this. And so he's 81. Oh. And... He, his whole life was a teacher or administrator, both. He did mm-hmm. both those things. Um, but he always got a lot of sense of meaning as a teacher, helping, teaching kids and really helping, especially the kids that really struggled. So he had a, a soft spot for those kids. And he has continued to bring that love of teaching people into his his older elder years mm-hmm. and he goes into a assisted living once a week and teaches a class and does crafts <laughs> with uh, a group of people and he was just telling me about that this week about what a sense of meaning it gives his life because he knows that people because they express it like they really appreciate that he comes in and he creates a relationship and they look forward to him coming and bringing the crafts and teaching them and it's really fun to see him at 81 really deriving this sense of meaning and I know that does help keep his energy going and and his happiness you yeah. just touched on the other elements of the perma model you yeah. know when you're talking about engagement your dad is engaging but he's also engaging others yeah and, and that is that that meaning right that's yeah. that sense of meaning but also building relationships Right. And so, you know, your dad yeah. is practicing the PERMA model without yeah. maybe necessarily knowing it. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That's, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about how that one activity actually does wow. hit on many of the different areas of their PERMA model. Not, and it's so, it is actually a great example. I'm uh-huh. glad you said that of how these work. How they're interrelated and they work together. Well, and that to me is, I mean, it's so perfect that you said that example because now people can understand sort of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's not that you have to do each and every one of these things separately. Yeah. Because it doesn't necessarily fit that way. Right. You know, I think if you're doing something that's engaging, you are probably doing something that means something to you. Yeah. You know, because that's what we want to do something that adds value. We also want to do something that, that, that uses our strengths or, or, Right. Our, our passions, yeah, and so that's engagement. It's also it's also finding meaning. Right, but building relationships is how you, you know, how you get it out. Right, right. It's like having that interaction, you and I, yeah. building relationships. Right? Yeah, there you go. The, the other relationship that comes up there that he talks about is so not only with the residents but with the staff. Oh so, yeah, you know, because they appreciate him coming in too. So he he has a sense of value with them as well. Yeah. Which takes you to the last one, yeah. sort of, right? <laughs> the accomplishments. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the last one is accomplishments or achievement. And that can be expressed through achievement, mastery, or competence. And I thought it was interesting. One of the things they brought up here was the concept of perseverance and mm-hmm. having a passion to attain your goals is part of what's really important here. And that it can actually be 
just about the mastery. Yes. That it can really just be about doing something for the sake or the pursuit of improvement. Yes. And that's that's the what that means of achievement. It's not that it's an award that's given to you or a promotion or anything like that. It can be just for the pure satisfaction of achieving something for yourself. And that's what we hope, you yeah. know, that leaders are promoting in business. You know, we're not asking every employee to to strive to be a leader. I mean, yeah. we, we believe all employees are leaders, but yeah. we're not asking them to strive to become a formal leader of people or process, right? But we do ask or we hope that people will find that gumption or whatever you want to call it yeah. to push beyond so that they can say, I crossed this line. Yeah. It, it didn't necessarily make or break the, the company, but it was more than they did before. Or yeah. it was something that made them proud. It's not, it's, it's a personal thing. Yeah. You know, it's achievement in a business. If you put that in front of a, a performance management process, shame on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I really think that there's more to that. Performance is something different. And, and achievement can be performance, but achievement can be a learning something new. It can be, you know, growing in a way that you hadn't before. And yeah. that makes you more well-rounded. That can be engaging. Yeah. That can give you meaning. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. They make the point here that the research shows that achieving intrinsic goals leads to larger gains in well-being than external goals such as money or fame. Yes. And we kind of know this. We hear about it. But it's always nice to know that the research supports that as well. Well, look yeah. what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how do how do you build a, accomplishment? They have a couple things here. Set goals that are smart. We know about those. Reflect on past successes. So it's okay to do that as well, to really sort of revel in that a little bit. And also look for creative ways to celebrate your achievements. Yes. I'm a big one on that. Yes, I love, you are. <laughs> yeah. I think we have to take those moments, um, big or small, and to really celebrate. Yeah. I will never forget yippee moments. Yes, that's right. I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> I will never forget it. And just for our listeners, I'm going to tell you, um, Crystal used to be my boss. Yeah. Right? And one of the things that, because she is that way, she does like to celebrate everything. The little things, the big things, anything that makes us proud. And so she had um, a board in her office that said yippee moments. And what we did, her employees would come in with little sticky notes with whatever we were really proud of. Yeah. Or what we noticed somebody else did that we were proud, you know, we, we thought they should yeah. be proud of. And um, it was very successful for our little team. I mm-hmm. thought it worked really well. And it certainly was engaging. I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I don't... Um, I had a long career, but I don't think I've had, I, and I've had a lot of recognition, you know, but, but this was a different kind of recognition. This is the kind of stuff that I'm probably more in tune with. I don't want the big stuff that much. I mean, it's okay, but tell me every day if I made something or if I did something that you thought was kind of cool or let me do it. Yeah. And that feels really good. And I cannot remember, um, I don't want to take the credit for it. I can't remember, who, where that exactly came from. It was some other podcast that I was listening to years ago. Um, so, but yeah, 
that that was a really that was really fun, and actually, it's making me think hmm, maybe we can do that on the uh, ICF Washington board. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> I like that idea. Yes. So the the last part of this article just talks about um, the plus. It's perma plus, and then and this really talks about the other well being things that we oftentimes will hear about. Self care, right? Self care, essentially, yes. Optimism, physical activity, nutrition, that kind of stuff. We got, we have to have that as well. Um, it has to go along with the rest of the PERMA model. Otherwise, it falls very flat. It does. And yeah. in fact, I think that's what Judy and Sasha were talking about in, You know, when we were um, in the last one. When we were talking yeah. about those things that self-care is critically important. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you practice yeah. that model, right? Yeah. And I mean, things as simple as sleep. You yeah. know, getting enough sleep, eating correctly. Yeah. You know, or, you know, getting a, a level of nutrition that nourishes you and not, you know, does harm for you. Yeah. Um, things like, you know, being optimistic, looking looking at the plus side, looking at the glass half full if you can, right? Yeah. And if you can't, be curious until you can. Because I think sometimes people think the worst of something, maybe be a little hypervigilant, if you will. Yeah. Until they get enough answers. And once they get enough answers or once they see that, oh, it's not it's not against me. It's a, it's just that they're, they're not after me. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the target here. Um, then they start relaxing a little bit and they start saying, Oh, that's not so bad if it's not targeting me. And it's yeah. just something that we're doing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that was helpful for, for our listeners to really unpack that, what each one of those letters meant and some things that you can try some action that you can take in mm-hmm. order to increase your own personal score around human flourishing. Yep, I'm going to be making putting it in large letters and behind a plastic sheet or something <laughs> and putting it in my office because yeah. I think it's important to remember and every once in a while just looking at that and remembering what I what is important, you know, until until I make it a habit, it's still something New, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Judy was making the, the great point that we can actually measure this. We can mm-hmm. take each one of those and just put it on the scale and check in every day. How am I doing on each one of these and look to see if am I making progress? Yeah. Am I actually taking action against each one of these? And Sasha made a great point as well that sometimes we get overwhelmed because when we think about the complexity of what does it take for us to flourish, but especially when we look at it from a community perspective, it can feel very overwhelming. And that when we do feel overwhelmed, that the the best path out is to take some action, is to see if you can prioritize something and then take one or two steps to move along a path and that action will help you understand, am I moving in the right direction? And then what can I do to shift that a little bit? Baby steps, right? Yes. And it's sort of like experimentation in a sense. You know, when you, you take a few steps and if that's not if that's not feeding it, yeah. If that doesn't seem like it's the right, then, you know, take a different path. Yeah. And if you if you do that, um, eventually you're gonna hit the right one. Yeah. Um just don't give up. Don't yeah. don't get discouraged because this is not um it's not absolutely um colorful map right in front of you sometimes you have to think about what all this means to you and that's why I like that they talked about the the question that they had you know how how do you stack up 
or how do you yeah. stack yourself up yeah. in each of these elements of the PERMA model? And while I would I would love to do that right now, I really am taking a deeper dive into what you know what each of these elements mean yeah. and how they fit into my world. Yeah. And, and I would hope other people would do the same thing. Yeah. So before we close, I just wanted to visit the the difference. What's, what do you think is the difference between PERMA and engagement, employee engagement? Mm-hmm. And I know that you've been spending a lot of time immersed in employee engagement. And so I thought it'd be fun just to kind of explore that for a few minutes. You know, I think it's a great question. And it is, it's probably a little bigger than a bread box. But um, I think initially, what I think of when I think of engagement, especially if we're talking about uh, at a workplace engagement, yeah, when we're trying to assess somebody's engagement, we're asking them questions about us, or we're asking them questions about an environment. We're not asking them questions about themselves so much. Mm-hmm. They're telling us how they feel, yeah, but it's not really going back to how they feel about what they're doing as much. And so PERMA is really, to me, more inwardly focused Mm. Um, it's really more, you know, self-care, self, how am I showing up? What, how am I getting meaning? How am I, you know, yeah. how are my relationships? Where engagement to me is more like, how's my boss doing? How mm-hmm. is our organization doing? Are we living our values? That kind yeah. of thing. And it's a little less, it feels a little less personal to me. Although when you're an employee, it feels very personal when you're not getting in the engagement elements that you need, right? Yeah. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that we need to look at broadening a little bit when we think about what are the questions that we are asking employees Mm, so that we can really understand that. Some of the better, I think, employee engagement surveys actually do touch on some of this stuff, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they go into the same depth that that the PERMA model does. Which I think is awesome if yeah. you think about it, if we were to make a recommendation to those companies that do engagement yeah. to flip it on its ear and say, you know, maybe we don't use, maybe we start a new scale. Yeah, You know, if we're really talking about uh, changing the world through human flourishing or to a point of human flourishing, yeah. then maybe we need to change this stuff too. You and I are in the business of doing this. Yeah. We are trying to lift leaders' capabilities to do things differently yeah. so that we can have a better world, right? So why not that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it may take a little bit of convincing. <laughs> A that, little. <laughs> that what, kind of as we talk about who's responsible, right? It's like, well, do we really want to be in the business of understanding if people feel like they're getting meaning from their work? And, and yet. And that they're using their their um, their strengths every day. And I would say, yes. I mean, this this is really, really important. And as an organization, we can make some changes Yes, that will actually impact this. And if you listen to the last episode, Judy yeah. and Sasha made that very clear. Yeah. You know, organizationally, it's difficult. It's very difficult yeah. because you're talking about individuals, right? And you're talking about leaders having to demonstrate that yeah. every day, even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. However, that's what 
that's the goal, right? The goal yeah. is, you know, that, that vision we have down the line, the light at the end of the tunnel, whatever you want to call it, is to have organizations that are living in human flourishing or they're flourishing um, the way in a way that everybody feels like they're in the right place, doing the right thing. They're getting what they need. Everything is happening. And, and when that happens, when everything lines up like that, I believe that we get better yep. production, better outcomes, better everything, right? Yeah. More satisfied clients, everything. Yeah. And so, yes, I think that yeah. that it's difficult, but boy, that's that's what I think, I hope that leaders are looking at now, executive leaders and saying, or even, you know, boards, board of directors all over the place yeah. saying, you know, let's take a look at this and see if, do we want to model it? I know that Sasha was, gave us a, a couple of examples, I think, yeah. of where that's being practiced right now. Yeah. So it is not something that has not been done. Right. It's just not, it's not that prevalent yet. You yeah. Know? And, we, and I'm really hoping that we see it's not just going to be one organization that that we look to and people write books about because they're so amazing and yet nobody else follows that path. Yeah. I'm hoping that this one little grassroots thing turns into two or four or eight or whatever, you know, yeah. and just, just really starts to build because I think as we see communities grow like that, we're going to see the world change. Yeah. Oh, I, I will walk, get off my soapbox now because it's your turn. <laughs> well, I think what I would say is that something's got to change. Yeah. Every group that I work with, they're, they're struggling, and that is around the world. And so everybody believes something's got to change. And so I do believe that looking deeper at engagement, broadening it, um, really having this model around human flourishing, if organizations – can take this on it's where a lot of people live right is in their organizations and so it is a really powerful place to make a change and so yes. i hope that leaders will dive deeper think about this and really think about how can i bring these elements into the workplace and how can i help my people and my teams thrive because it's good for them and it's good for the organization. Well, and if you look at this at a global level, those steps are baby steps. Yeah. You know, if you look at it at an organizational level, they're big. But if you are a leader with, with vision, if you're a leader that wants to see this world be a better place than where you feel it is right now, and I think a lot of people feel it's not a great place right now. Yeah. So who's going to take the step? Yeah. If we don't take the step, then it's never going to happen. We're all going to sit around and talk about it. It'll be one more thing that we've written five or 12 books about, and they've sat on, they're sitting on a shelf somewhere, right? Yeah. We've seen that happen before. But this seems so much more important, and it seems so much more right now that I don't think we have time to keep putting it on shelves. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, and I, th I would say that, one of the things that Judy and Sasha left us with is that sense of hope mm -hmm. that when yes. they led the human flourishing track at the OD global summit, that there were people in their track, the whole group all came up with interesting, yeah. innovative ways to bring this forward and to help move this, 
movement along. And so they came away more hopeful. And I believe that it is that's what it takes. It takes yes. individuals making a commitment that we're going to actually move this forward. And I love that. And I, I have hope that this will that this will flourish. I do too. I really do. In fact, more so than I've ever felt about a lot of things, right? This is something that makes sense to me. This is something that is so right for right now. And and it's not just a fad. It is an imperative. And I I think we had that in our show notes, but it's important. It's an imperative now. We need it. Everybody feels that way. So let's start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is the path forward. When we look around and we sort of say, oh, well, what do we do? This is it. Yep. This is it, people. Parma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's keep that conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. We have so many exceptional podcast episodes coming up, more with fantastic guests like Judy and Sasha. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring or informative, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Finally, please take 30 seconds and follow us. It helps you because you never miss an episode and it helps us because you never miss an episode. And it actually is really important for the success of our podcast. Yes. To follow us, go to the Lifting Leaders Podcast Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. Then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. While you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and review and share the episode with a friend, we'd be so grateful. Thank you, Trisha, for another good episode. Thank you, Crystal. This was a good one. Many thanks to you, our listeners. We appreciate you. Yes. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a fantastic week. Take care.